Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So we just got an article from Bloomberg talking about the yield curve, but they're not just talking about how it's inverted. They're actually talking about how it's steepening out. Very, very fascinating. We talked about the difference between a bull steepener and a bear steepener. Right now we see this bear steepener with a long end of the curve going up, but they're saying that this is actually a bigger warning sign than the inversion itself and potentially an even bigger warning sign than the bull steepener, meaning that the front end going down. Let's go right over to this article from Bloomberg and check it out. Now, I don't completely agree with this guy. This guy's name is John Authors, and he makes some good points, but then he just completely derails. So we'll take it to the point where he derails. <laughs> and then we'll go ahead and, and connect some dots. So the yield curve moves to a fatal disinversion. And again, guys, that's not George Gammon talking. That's not the tinfoil hatter. That's not the fear monger. That's Bloomberg. Read that again. Their words, not mine. The yield curve moves to a fatal disinversion. As a sign of recession, this is when the relationship between two-year, 10-year gets really dangerous. For 15 months, the yield curve has been inverted. English means 10-year treasury bond yields less than two-year. Okay, we got that. One of the strongest recession indicators there is an inversion so protracted, protracted implies serious problems afoot. So he starts off, yeah, he's nailing it here. That is, not, I would argue, the strongest recession indicator. Let's keep going. The spike in bond yields over the last few weeks, however, has been accompanied by a swift disinversion. So he, he kind of gets a little cute with, with the words he's using, but let's make sure that we're understanding definitions. Very important. So you guys know what the inversion is. Then on this channel, we've talked about the uninversion or the steepening out to the point where the curve is no longer inverted. But what he is doing in this article, you've got to understand, is he's not talking about the curve becoming uninverted, where the curve is no longer inverted. He's only talking about the delta, the gap between the 10-year and the two-year yield decreasing, not to the point where it's zero or not to the point where the curve is no longer inverted, but just that gap closing slightly. That's what he's talking about here because they'll, they'll, we're going to look at a chart where they show where this has happened, happened in the past, but he does a very poor job, unfortunately, of kind of disentangling this. And what he should have done, in my opinion, is stated that, Hey, the curve has never completely uninverted from a bear steepener. It's only disinverted because I think when the average reader sees disinversion, they assume that that means the curve is no longer inverted, but that's not how he's using this terminology. So now that you guys get it, let's keep on going through the article. He Great chart here. and They talk about beware of the bear steepener. So if you guys want a visual of what this means, you can see this blue shaded area, of course, when it goes under zero, means that the curve between the two-year and the 10-year is inverted. And uh, at one point or a couple points here, we are over a 100 basis point inversion. But this article correctly points out that now we're only, in fact, less than 50 
basis points of inversion. So from this point in July, if you guys can see my pointer here, up to where we are today, it is true that technically this is a disinversion using her using his terminology, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the curve is no longer inverted. You see, I would call that an uninversion. And the I, I know it kind of gets esoteric, but the terminology is very important to understanding this gentleman's point. Let's keep going down the article. Joe Lavorgna of SMBC Nico confirms both that the curve inverts before a recession and also that the inversion is usually over by the time the recession as officially defined by the NBER or National Bureau of Economic Research begins. And that's something that we have discussed on this channel a lot, that you don't get the recession until the curve is no longer inverted. And I would also add, you don't get the recession when the curve is disinverting because of a bear steepener, bull steepener, whatever. It's after the curve is no longer inverted. Very important there. And what's interesting is you can have a bull steepener to the point where it's still inverted, but yet the final uninversion is a result of a bull steepener, meaning the, the, the front end dropping rates uh, or the front end rates coming down as a result of the Fed dropping rates. He said, this sounds scary, but we need to add another element. As discussed, curve disinversions often happen because shorter yields come down. So, well, I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I think you guys get my position on this. This one is different, he says. It's bear steepening, meaning the move has been driven by the fall in the price of the long-dated bonds. In other words, the yields at the end of the curve going up. But see, that's where he should have clarified that although we're having a bear steepener, the curve is still inverted. And here he goes on to say that this happens rarely, but it does happen. But again, he should state that it, although we have a bear steepener that disinverts the curve, it's never uninverted the curve. Let's get back to the article. That combination of conditions happens very rarely, talking about a, a bear steepener. When it does, the following chart from Capital Economics demonstrates the recession generally fo soon follows. For markets, Capital Economics concludes such bear steepenings have generally been followed by a significant falls in long-term government bond yields, and that's because the stuff is hitting the fan, as well as equity indices. So that means stock market crash. That means bond yields plummeting, the price of bonds skyrocketing because the market realizes that the stuff has hit the fan. The Fed has acknowledged that the stuff has hit the fan. Why? Because they're starting to drop rates. So here is when he really starts to derail, and I want to go through this, not to poke fun at the guy, but so you, the rebel capitalist viewer, understands why the mainstream media and these economists never discuss the yield curve. Why it's always for us, it's the elephant in the room, but yet they just kind of sweep it aside as though eh, it doesn't even matter. It's not that I, I don't, well, some of them are purposely trying to mislead you, but I don't think all of them are trying to mislead you. Here's the bottom line, and I'm going back to what the author is writing. But why exactly should we care about the yield curve inversion? Theoretically, by making it harder for banks to make profits, 
It's causative. You understand the difference, guys? See, the talking heads out there and the the PhD economists that have been well-trained, they think the recession happens as a result of the yield curve being inverted. So what happens is the yield curve just mysteriously magical. I don't know why it happens. It's just like magic. It's just, <laughs> it's like fugazis. A, no one can really explain them. They just randomly occur periodically. And as a result of the yield curve inverting, now all of a sudden, banks get into a bind. Because you guys know that they make money by lending short or borrowing short and lending long. So if they're the short rates are higher than the long rates that ain't good for a bank that means that they're not making profit on that lending activity now it is true that that's only theoretical because you guys know very very well from watching my videos that they still have a profit making opportunity because the rates they're paying on deposits are still extremely low they're much much lower than fed funds especially up until let's say nine months ago or at least until when Silicon Valley Bank went bust. So they still had a cushion there. But if you just simply look at the yield curve, the treasury yield curve, you would come to the conclusion that, wow, if banks have to borrow at 5.5% and they can lend at, you know, let's just say 6 7%, their margins are really, really, really getting squeezed. And this is obviously why they're lending a lot less. This is, their, this is the mainstream argument, right? Where if you just put on your common sense hat, you say, wait a minute, maybe there's an actual reason the yield curve inverts. And maybe this isn't causing a recession. Maybe this is actually predicting a recession because the market is doing something in anticipation. And what they're anticipating is an economic decline that will bring down interest rates, that will prompt the Fed to lower rates at the front end of the curve. And therefore, they want to hedge their bets by buying the long end of the curve because they know when rates do decline, those prices are going to increase the most. They're going to increase a lot more on a, tre on a 10-year treasury, as an example, compared to a three-month treasury. So they're buying the long end of the curve, buying long into the curve. See, this it's just it's hard for me to even understand this argument because it's so nonsensical when you, it, it, it almost, you know what it, it stems from? It stems from a mindset of central planning because the central planners and most Keynesians are, are central planners. They believe that the market doesn't matter. That the market is just stupid, that the market, it's just, it's just, and you know, at the end of the day, a lot of them are eugenicists. So they sit there and think about how smart they are and how stupid all the market participants are. And these guys are idiots. They don't have a PhD in economics from Harvard. What do they know? So it's very difficult for them to say, you know what? The market is predicting something and the market is always right. Like, like they can't, those words can't come out of their mouth. They have this cognitive dissonance because if the market is always right, that means that pretty much everything that they've been taught in school is wrong. And therefore they might as well just take that PhD and flush it down the toilet. You see, so you can understand their position here, their whole existence. I mean, their their whole uh, their whole life has been built around these theories being correct, 
and that they are smarter than the market. So it would be very difficult, if not impossible, for them to admit that, hey, the market's right. You see, and if they acknowledge the yield curve, then they admit that the market's right. But instead, they say, oh, no, no, the market's just wrong. The market's stupid. The market's behaving irrationally. But because the market behaves irrationally, then that's causing the banks to go bust or tighten lending uh, uh, conditions, tightening credit conditions. And therefore, this is what actually leads to the recession. It's the market behaving irrationally. Where you and I come at this as, no, the market's always right. The collective knowledge of the market always exceeds the knowledge of some PhD at the Fed. And therefore, if this happens, that means that it's predicting something that would occur regardless of what the banks start to do. And the banks tightening as a result of them looking at economic conditions. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Let's get back to the article here. That was the, the, the big issue that I have with this author is that he's, he's pointing this out correctly, but yet he still is stuck in this kind of mainstream thinking. And so they go on to say it's possible even that it's now become a false indicator. And what's funny is I clicked on this article and it goes right to uh, a Bloomberg. In fact, I think I've got it right here. Yeah, here we go. So the guy that invented the yield curve or you know, first discovered, first noticed that it had some predictive ability is a guy named Campbell Harvey. He's an economist with uh, University of Chicago. And back in January, he said, yeah, maybe this time it's different. The yield curve's inverted, but I don't know. What I'm seeing, it's not giving me a strong red flag. That's what he said Keep in mind, January 4 of 2023. But what's interesting is if you do a quick Google search now, you've got more recent Bloomberg articles, which weird, they, they didn't link to these articles. And here you can see June 8th, the same exact guy is saying, hey, you know what? Recession odds are rising. And that's just from Bloomberg. If you do other Google searches, you'll see right here in the Wall Street Journal, Pro take yield curve pioneer says the recession warning is real. So back in January, he was saying, yeah, maybe this time it's different. But now he's saying, no, no, no. I this time is not different. This time is the exact same as every other time. And you can take that to the bank, I can assure you. And so it's just, again, this author is getting a little cute where he's adding this link to the where oh well obviously now the yield curve is a false indicator even the guy that 
invented the yield curve as saying that it's uh, a false indicator and this time it's different when more recently he has said that's not true and then he goes on to say now that the significance of the inverted curve is well known or the insignificance uh, it can change behavior and thus dampen the, the risk of recession. So what he's saying is that we we just acknowledge that the yield curve doesn't matter and the market's just behaving irrationally, then we would just keep spending and keep doing what we're doing. And then we would never, ever have a recession because then the banks would keep lending because it, I, it's just this pretzel logic that's even hard to explain, <laughs> to be to be honest with you. But I guess his main point is that if we just ignored the yield curve and understand that it doesn't matter, then we would just go spending and then we might have a recession because banks are, are you know, don't like that inversion. But yet we wouldn't have as bad of a recession because we would keep consuming and the U.S. economy is 70 percent consumption. I think that's probably the, the gist of his argument. But the main point that I wanted to bring up is there uh, these charts that are showing that when the yield curve steepens out as a result of that bear steepener, but yet doesn't uninvert, this is usually leads to a worse recession than the curve uh, steepening or disinverting by the front end coming down or the bull steepener. So the way this plays out in a worst case scenario is you have the yields at the long end of the curve going up and they're tightening that gap, but they don't go all the way to the point where they uninvert. You see, it gets very, very close. And then once it gets, let's say 20, 10 basis points, something like that, then the stuff hits the fan and the Fed drops rates. And that's what inevitably steepens out the curve to the point where it's no longer inverted. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism, and we'll see you in the next video.